Hello, everybody. This is Paul Costa with We Love Arabian Horses, and we're very fortunate to have Evie Tub Sweeney with us today to talk about marketing. Howdy, Evie. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. I want to give everyone a, a different uh, point of view to start this podcast because we're going to really do a training session for marketing and social media related to Arabian horse trainers, breeders, farms, and those that might want to increase their visibility even during this downturn with COVID-19. So this podcast might be a little longer than normal because we're going to give you a lot of details related to marketing ideas and scenarios that would be helpful. So with that, Evie, thanks for joining us again. Why don't you start with my first question I ask everybody, which is give us a little bit of an overview of how you first came to Love and Arabian and how you got involved with Arabians over the years, and especially related to your marketing experience. Well, I have been a marketing professional in the industry for nearly 20 years, which is crazy to say. Um, it's the only thing I've ever done professionally my whole life since college. Um, but I was absolutely smitten with Arabian horses since I was five. I grew up with a handful didn't show that much. Um, We were, uh, my parents had a work schedule that disallowed a lot of showing, um, but I did some, you know, class A stuff and, and a little bit of breeding. I worked for four star Arabians um, during the Padron Psyche era um, and La Cabrera in both in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And um, then left for college and decided that I, Definitely wanted to do something with the breed professionally for the rest of my life, Um, but I didn't think I necessarily wanted to go the training route, so I wanted to be a little more creative. So I went to school for public relations and marketing and interned for the Arabian Horse Times and Kentucky Horse Park and a couple of other similar ventures like that, and then basically straight after college, moved out to Denver um, to be a part of their marketing department uh, with the Arabian Horse Registry. And that was right before the merger, literally a few months. I was sure I was going to lose my job, (laughs) but thankfully, thankfully I didn't. And the rest kind of is history. I I stayed with AHA for five or six years um, right after the merger. And from there, um, left and shortly thereafter uh, project managed the Almara Arabian Horse Galleries for the Purebred Arabian Trust yep. for several years and um, and then uh, then essentially went to become an independent marketing consultant after that. Gotcha. And I know like a, a large part of your client base now is the racing industry and others mm-hmm. that use you for the Arabian specific experience in marketing. Is that correct? Yeah, they're all Arabian horse clients, um, uh, well, with the exception of one corporate equine client. It's about two-thirds um, show horse breeders and breeding barns and, and stallions at stud, uh, et cetera, and then one-third Arabian racing, which has been a, a, a huge growing passion of um, my husband and I's over the last five or six years. So um, we have kind of a foot in both worlds, which is fun and makes it always interesting. <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting when you talk to marketing people, 
um, if you if you understand marketing, that doesn't necessarily mean you understand this particular industry, and that kind of applies in a lot of scenarios. And I think folks like yourself that have a grounded foundation in the business, you kind of grew up in the business, but you then bring your marketing mm-hmm. expertise, end up with a better solution, smarter solutions, because you really understand the ins and outs and the, the way it flows. Totally, and there is there really is truly um, kind of a pattern, a behavioral pattern to how horse people, and I, I think you can take it a step further to Arabian horse people, what motivates them to make a decision, to make a purchase, um, what uh, what motivates them emotionally, um, visually, those sorts of things, which, as we're going to talk about, is why social media really works so well for the Arabian horse business, because it's inherently an emotive, visual subject. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, let, let me get into the first question, and we can. You've got a lot of good ideas. We're going to talk about. So let's start with how can trainers and breeding farms, in particular, utilize social media today, especially in the COVID nineteen scenario that we're in, to promote their farm and their training operation most effectively. Well, since none of us are going anywhere, and that's probably gonna stay this way longer than we're all comfortable uh, thinking about. <laughs> um, we're all at home and this is, this right now is essentially the time to invest in preparing for them to come see you when this is finally lifted. So, so right now is the time to offer them behind the scenes looks, little entertainment or educational videos while they're at home and develop a relationship and a rapport with them to prepare them for visiting you after lockdown is lifted. So this is the time to reach out to your, to your community, especially your local community. I mean, so many of us kind of just go out of necessity most of the time with, you know, with our national and international community um, and bypass or overlook our local communities. Like for example, I'm in, San Inez, California, it's a, it's a uh, uh, well, it has been a hub of Arabian horses in a much larger capacity than it is currently, but still is very much an equine community. And um, uh, there are a numerous Facebook community groups, um, equine community groups, or, or just local parent groups, small business groups, entrepreneur groups. All these are local Facebook groups. Um, that if you searched from your personal timeline, you know, they come up for me, SYV, San Inez Valley Small Business Owners, SYV Equine Advocacy Group, SYV Parents Night Out, SYV, um, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, join all of those local community groups and equine groups and start sharing um, your uh, your farm and breeding program information to those groups. It's an easy, fast, effective, efficient way, and it's free to get that out um, to your local groups that are right in your, in your local well, neighborhood. Well, you're, you're speaking locally. It, it could actually apply to a niche also that isn't necessarily specific local, but would be – so you could really – 
attach yourself essentially to any um, group that is absolutely. on social media, right? Absolutely, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the and, and I. Yep, absolutely. Um, Arabian Horse Sequestrians is a great group that the Times just started um, and are hosting a lot of the virtual farm tours, uh, but also, uh, so that's a great new group, but there's so many Arabian Horse groups, and assumably they're, I, I, I guess I assumed that they were a part of that, but for sure if they are not a part of that, that is low-hanging fruit as well. So I would well, just take the, the, this time, go ahead. What I was going to add is what you're. What I'm, I'm really want to point out is finding marketing opportunities that are beyond the current Arabian mm -hmm. horse community, and mm -hmm. that's where your local groups, like the local, you know, schools and local clubs, that would be um, niche appropriate, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily horse groups. Also, absolutely, yeah. And and when a lot of people put social media in the wrong category in my opinion a lot of people put most people put social media in the category of a marketing tool when in fact that's the incorrect answer social media is first and foremost a public relations tool not a marketing tool it is inherently designed to develop relationships with people if you invest in it like you would any good healthy relationship which is giving more than you ask for, uh, building rapport, being authentic, then you will cultivate your own audience of followers. And it, it's, it's a strong enough public relations tool that it then becomes a marketing tool. It can convert into fo uh, followers, revenue, event tickets, breedings, horses sold. It can do that and it will do that. Sure. But it, but but it's first and foremost a public relations tool, and if that and and I tell people that to put to to put their mind frame in the right place at the very beginning, because if you treat it if you treat it as something different than that, it immediately becomes ineffective. Um, so when, so ho 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 when, so when you're saying when you treat it as something different, what I think you're pointing out is. If you treat it as a sales tool, you turn people off so quickly that you, you don't actually ever get your following. But exactly. by doing it as a PR tool, you're going to build a following, and then you slowly drop in events and lesson programs and seminars and other things that right. they can come. You, it's it's kind of like a little bitty carrot and a bigger carrot and a bigger mm -hmm. carrot and a bigger carrot over mm -hmm. time. Um, and I've seen this happen where someone starts pitching too quickly off their site, mm -hmm. and they lose their followers immediately. It, it, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head, and it, and I, if you just go back and think about it like you would any relationship with a, with a blossoming friend, um, if that person's going to turn you off if if they are if they're asking for more than they're giving, essentially. Um, but a healthy but a healthy relationship will do the opposite, and that's the best way to treat social media from the very start. So, I want to give I want to give two quick examples because you kind of brought it up in my mind. Is we had a post on We Love Raving Horses that we got 182,000 likes and shares off of. Wow! And the, it proves your point. It was Thunder. Mm -hmm. Now Thunder's a lovely horse, and Annie's certainly cute. Um, but it wasn't just because of a great picture. It was because we could tag that post to other groups that were beyond our community. 
that that one post kept getting shared and shared and shared all over the place, mm-hmm. and it created 182,000 opportunities to showcase an Arabian in front of these folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. There can be a viral quality for sure, especially with that right content that is not asking but offering something to someone. Right. It's either it's either going to be humorous, inspirational, educational, or entertaining. Um, you're offering something mm-hmm. to them. It's you're going to have a much more a much higher probability of a viral nature to the post, especially if you bring in um, tagging outside groups and or sharing it to outside groups. That's absolutely correct. The other comment I was going to make quickly, and then we're going to get into your questions, is I just read an article Mark Cuban had written, and he was talking about now is the time to get your marketing organized, to get your websites working, all your social media working, all your platforms working well, so that mm-hmm. as you, you're building your audience during this downtime while people have time at home and mm-hmm. a little more time to, to gain your followers, and mm-hmm. he made some really – simple, basic points that I thought are very apropos to what you're discussing. I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is the time to get all of your ducks in a row and also to maybe, in, now that we have the time, maybe invest in different places that we overlooked or didn't prioritize before. Right now is an, is an opportune time where we can all get those um, promotional ducks in a row and make sure all of our strategies are in place and our checkboxes are checked and we we tidy up we tidy up our toolbox right now so that we're ready by the time this thing lifts um i think that's very wise and prudent well and tidy up the toolbox was kind of exactly his primary point so thanks for reinforcing that so mm-hmm. let me ask you a couple questions let's let's first talk about some specific creative ideas that training barns um, can use in social media. You, you've got a little list of things you can give some mm-hmm. ideas, I think. Yeah, so going back to, you know, a healthy relationship, I would encourage people to think of what they have to offer in in those ways of education, entertainment, um, hu- humor, and inspiration. Um, what are what are ways that you are uniquely set up to offer in those areas? Um, for example, what could you offer um, horse-loving adults right now who are perhaps new to horses? So it's um, they're feeling a little timid, but they're desperate to soak up more information. Or what could you offer kids who are horse-crazy kids, especially locally in your community? Or what could you offer parents right now who need things to do with their kids at home, which I'm definitely in that boat. And you might actually hear my five-year-old in the background. (laughs) We're all all doing this together. We're all trying to keep our head above water and um, homeschool our kids. And a lot of us are trying to, you know, uh, do our work as well. It's a crazy time. What can you do to help alleviate some of that for a parent? Because I'm telling you, a parent will will not forget that. Um, so from those from those perspectives, I put together a little list of just some creative ideas that that people could either take completely or spin off in their own um, in their own direction, or even just use it as a starting point. So we've seen a lot of 
um, wonderful virtual tours of, of farms and facilities. Uh, and I would just, for sure, if you haven't done that already, um, I would do that and share it to the Arabian Horse Group. But I would also share that to your local community as well, to, the, to those different groups. And um, invite them to come visit your farm after shelter in place is listed. There's, it's, it's free. You don't have to overthink it. You can do it selfie style. You can have someone else video it. You don't have to make it fancy. In fact, I will say that um, the more candid ones are the more authentic and believable um, to some degree, more approachable. Um, so um, I, I definitely wouldn't be nervous about that or overthink it. Uh, another idea is host a virtual birthday party for one of your favorite horses. I know a lot of my clients have um, horses having birthdays right now because we're in the spring. So I'll bet if you looked up a handful of your um, notable horses in your program, you would find one that has a birthday coming up. Do a fun virtual birthday with a fun little note on that horse's story and um, a carrot cake and something adorable. People love that stuff. Um, if you Can I have... interrupt you real quick? Mm -hmm. I saw a little yeah. video the other day that a farm did that was just a little boy. He was probably three or four years old, and he walked into the stall, and you could tell his mom or dad was behind him videotaping him or, you know, just off their camera. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and you could hear him talking to him, and he went up to the horse, and he fed it a carrot. And it was he was all excited about feeding that yeah. for that, and and it was so cute. So it was very natural, and I like what you're saying here. I mean, if it's it might not feel like a big deal to us, um, but for someone who's outside of our world or in horses are not part of their world, this is novel and and fantastic uh, footage to run across on social media. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that speaks to that speaks to people the, with the broader masses. So um, in the same vein, if you have babies, if you have foals coming on the ground, do a virtual meet and greet of all of your foals. Just walk down the aisle and open a stall door and go say hi and let the little babies walk up and nicker and, and blow on the phone, uh, blow on your camera um, and go from door to door. People would eat that up. Also perhaps maybe a naming contest for mm -hmm. a baby a COVID-19 full <laughs> naming contest and spread that. Um, that would be super fun. Um, you could do a series of videos, um, like a daily meet a champion video series. You could either have the horse at Liberty, under saddle, in hand, or just in the stall. If you have enough national champions or regional champions in your barn, you could do a national champion series. That would be fun. Um, but it could be of any level. Um, uh, you could do a versatility video series if you had that ability um, in, within your program and host a, a video series on, you know, one day is English, one day is Western, one day is, is in hand, one day is driving, one day right. is raining, so that sort of a thing, to show the versatility of Arabians. That's educational and entertaining. Um, one thing I want to interrupt you real quick is, is I think it's important to emphasize that you're, you're not needing to get all dressed up. You don't need the horse snorting and blowing. You don't need it to be fancy. And you could just show a nice, calm little Western horse mm -hmm. and a little mm -hmm. English horse. It does not need to be 
mm-hmm. you know, doing the mm-hmm. park trot. It's kind of very simple. Very simple and very human oriented. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, again, when we're, when we are in our little bubble, sometimes we forget what really speaks to uh, people that are outside of our bubble and that human, that very approachable human aspect, personal aspect of it is what is going to re- reach people in their, in their deepest places. Um, so, you know, having a, having a calm Western horse that is, you know, doesn't have to be a national champion, but maybe he has an, he maybe has an amazing story. Maybe he, mm-hmm. you know, survived something uh, and uh, that he, people said he couldn't survive or he, you know, protected someone on a ride. I mean, so, those sorts of stories are what, what really mean the most, um, to the general well, it, public it, it draw, it and to, us, but, to the to the emotional side of the business and they're also yeah. um, not looking like they're produced by a Hollywood movie studio. It, exactly, exactly. Authenticity is the key for sure. So you were um, talking a little bit more about things outside of the horses like tack rooms and saddles and bridles. Yeah, so you know, if you have a there's all kinds of horse crazy kids out there that, you know, don't have horses or are just start just starting you know, you could do something as simple as, let's say you're a, an English barn, taking a piece of tack every day and dissecting it and naming its parts and showing what it's used for. For example, you know, here's a, here's an, um, a double bridle and here's the bit um, and here's the correct way to put it in and here's what this bump does and here's here's where the first ring goes and here's where the second ring goes. Why do you think this, this bridle has two rings instead of one? It's because of this and this. I mean, that, that small little five minute video um, holds a wealth of information for even adults, but, um, but especially for kids, you could do that with whatever, whatever your program specializes in. I think that would be a great thing to offer, to offer, well, you're talking, you know, like today, and I set up this podcast. Is it's going to be a little longer than normal because it's kind of a training podcast on purpose. But when you're uh-huh. talking about these little videos, you're talking about little three minute videos. You're not talking about a thirty minute production. No, absolutely. Not. I mean, if you do a, two, a a full tour of your facility, it can be, you know, longer. a, a sure. half an hour. That's fine. But yes, I mean, the key here is to not overthink this. To hold your phone up or to have someone else hold your phone up and um and talk as if the person was standing in front of you and and keep it as simple as that absolutely so we've talked a lot about coloring books with different options for getting coloring pages um and i know you're going to mention that for the kids videos how where do people get like a downloadable link for a coloring page that they could attach into their their uh post um I think. Uh, do you have the ability to post links underneath the podcast? Because I could, I could round these up um, if that was possible. Yeah. Once the podcast goes live, we can put comments under it, and okay. you, you could have them right there. So let's put. Some okay, links I'll there send. I'll send a group of links. There's several doing it. Um, National Horseman Arabian has a great one. Um, the Ocala Equestrian Center. 
um, I believe I have that right, in L.A. has an amazing one that is primarily Arabian horses. I think the Times has done one as well. I know AHA has them. So I'll, I'll send some links. And that's just a helpful, easy, quick cut and paste into a post that, that parents yeah. would appreciate and kids would love. Okay, so let's get on to your additional tips. Okay, so we talked about kind of some ideas here, and I just wanted to add a few more side note thoughts to this. I, it's probably obvious to most, and you mentioned it as well, but I just want to ver double verify that for the general public, um, there's just some basic do's and don'ts. Don't use halter whips and whips in general besides riding crops. Show calm, controlled horses that are beautiful instead of scared, no rearing, those sorts of things. Um, don't promote high prices. I've, I've heard before and I cringe when um, some people have a general public, you know, open house and say, this is a $100,000 horse. And that just makes them instantly feel totally unrelatable to what's in front of them. Um, right. It's don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. Their context is not our context. And that's, that's really the bottom line. So um, keep it basic keep it well, calm. And on that point, you got to remember, we all started out, or most of us, with our little $2,500 Arabian. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. 500 I think, for me. 500 yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's the first point. And then the second point is, um, you know, it might be fun to, if you are doing a little video series, to make it into some sort of a fun contest um, uh, on your, on your videos to the to community groups maybe it's like a lockdown special or a mention this and receive a free you know uh fill in the blank sort of special um that encourages engagement it encourages them to come back day after day and and find your post um and keep keep going it engage it it's just it increases their engagement with you as well as your engagement numbers from a social media perspective. So um, that might well, be a fun you, thing. If you have a lesson program, then you could, as an example, the, the winner the winner of the coloring contest could get a free month of lessons, four lessons or something. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's And if you don't have a lesson program, ha offer a private meet and greet with, you know, whomever they have met virtually over the course of our shelter yeah. in place. Um, but with that said, if you don't have a lesson program, this is an obvious and ideal time to really invest in, in one. <laughs> that is, um, it's going to, it's going to give, give the general public a reason for getting to know you in your community and um, be an additional revenue source. And it's also it's 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 going to be our um, our lifeline for the promotion of this breed in the future, in my opinion. So, um, never been a better time than right now. Literally, literally. Um, my last little side note is um, perhaps offer a daily or a weekly Arabian horse quiz, um, and over the course of COVID-19, the top three overall gets some sort of an award or prize. So again, that goes back to the engagement aspect of it as well. Um, 
So uh, one, th- one quick side note, even on prizes, you know, these ch- kids love ribbons. And when we were all little kids and we collect our little ribbons and put them on our string in our bedroom, I mean, you can easily buy for a low cost. I have the source if you want it, like a championship ribbon that is sent to the child as mm-hmm. the winning prize for the coloring contest or your other, you know, offers. That would be Come, a fun uh-huh. thing they could get in the mail. Yeah, great, great, great. And and uh, as an aside note here, uh, one of it, it was it literally was the best outreach event I have ever personally attended was last summer in our valley. Um, Nedra Johnson hosted it, and she has a local um, lessons program that uses Arabian horses um, and national champions, Sheila Varian's old ranch horse, all part of her program that little kids ride bareback. It's amazing. And she did an outreach event with, um, in conjunction with the Meet in Arabian Horse Day that AHA hosted. Um, and she had, um, she had collected all of these um, things over the years, old horse show ribbons that she'd collected from a bunch of friends locally, old um, Arabian Horse Times and World magazines, um, some some activity books and coloring pages from AHA, some um, stuffed animal horses, I think also from AHA, it was through some program or something like that. Um, and then she did um, a, a paint, paint, a painting station with their briar horses. Um, any of those things, the kids just ate it up and any of those things would be totally sufficient especially for kids. Well, and the point I want to make to add to what you're saying here is none of these ideas that you shared are expensive. This is not a five or $10,000 marketing budget. Most of these things yeah. are costing less than $100, if that. And even mm-hmm. that, it's mainly the prize if, that you're giving away that would be the only thing mm-hmm. that's going to cost any money. Yeah. Yes, absolutely true. So let's talk about social media specifically right now because there are some tips doing social media there's the do's and the don'ts not the ones we just talked about but there's some other suggestions on how to actually create some effective social media beyond these kind of event topics that we just shared yeah yeah well currently um facebook is still the number one social platform for businesses um instagram is the second probably most used social platform but it's not inherently user-friendly for businesses. For example, um, younger people use it a lot, but you can't, you can't post a live hyperlink in a post. Um, you can't post videos that are over a minute long. Um, things like that, whereas Facebook has just a ton more leverage and is also still quite a bit bigger. Also, the older generations are still on Facebook more than they are Instagram. So for those purposes right now, I would say and recommend that you focus your efforts on Facebook. Um, Also, if you have a business page already for your um, training program or, or barn, post on it, but also share all those posts to your personal timelines. Um, so that you're you're getting that added extra um, exposure. If you don't have a business page, I would absolutely recommend starting one. It's not hard to set it up. Um, 
but definitely start one because it's the only way that people will be able to find your business on social media. So for example, if someone was searching for my business, um, they, and they, they wouldn't find it if it was just under my personal name. Um, but they could find it if it's, if my business has a page and it has, and on, on your business page, you can list your contact information, your street address, your website, even your hours, um, a bunch of different, a bunch of different information that will directly assist them in finding you, which is the point. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of activity right now while people are home. I mean, they are on YouTube, Netflix, or social media. <laughs> and, um, and Facebook is getting a lot of, a, a lot, a lot of play right now. Um, well, one thing I want you to talk about is the privacy settings. Some people have their personal profile set to, you know, friends only, and that doesn't give them the advantage of reaching out beyond their own current friend list. Yeah. So step one is to share all of your business page post to your personal timeline and step two is right now during COVID-19 even for a small window I highly recommend everybody change their privacy settings um, from, to a public everyone so you have the option to either do um, specific friends or all friends or public and I would recommend changing your privacy settings you can do that in your in your settings on your personal timeline to public so that you can get the widest exposure possible. So let's talk about trolls for a second. Okay. So when you, when you go public, you have the chance of having some trolls come on there and trouncing and you, you simply just don't respond to them. This is my advice and I want you to share your thoughts. You, you don't respond because you encourage the troll to troll more. Just, you know, do not respond. And if they continue to do it, then you would just block them. Yeah, I would. I mean, I just, I actually haven't personally had any problems with trolls on my personal page. Um, but um, if anyone is questionable, then I would just immediately block them. So you can certainly, you can block individual people without it compromising your public status um, for being accessible to everyone else. Well, and I've done some training on this related to trolls on social media, and the, the general theory is the more you interact with the troll, like trying to convince them their ways, you mm -hmm. know, they're not, you know, you can try to be nice, right. and but they don't go away, and they don't get untrollish. They just get worse. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And, the, I mean, and they could very well be a bot, too. So, right. um, yes. So, uh, you're, you're, you're exactly correct not to engage with someone that you're, if you see typos, if you see if it's a incomplete sentence, um, I just avoid that for sure. Okay, and you mentioned you want to talk about live streams real quick. Yeah, so if we jump back to the topic real quick about um, a video series on on social media, um, I would highly recommend. Uh, Facebook Live. You could also do Instagram Live or YouTube Live, but right now we're focusing on Facebook. So you can do a Facebook Live session. And Facebook Live sessions, um, well, let's just back up. A post with no image is, um, is statistically the, the lowest viewership of post options. A post with a photo 
is, is statistically around four times higher than no photo. A post with a video is 10 times higher than a post with a photo. A post with a Facebook Live video is exponentially higher than a regular uploaded video. And there are some reasons for that. One is that live videos automatically send a notification, um, your own unique notification into the time or into the notification list of every one of your personal followers. So um, there's no other way to give to get that direct access um, and notification um, with a, a direct a directly uploaded video. That's a huge advantage. Um, also, it encourages engagement through your video, um, which is increases the algorithm of that post and future engagement and viewership. And then once your live video is done, it simply posts onto your page like a regular video and stays there and continues to accrue um, more views and engagement. So um, it's kind of like a snowball that just starts rolling and keeps getting bigger. Some people have an aversion to live streams because they get nervous about them, um, to which I just say, going back to the whole adage of don't, 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 don't be nervous, don't overthink it. If you're nervous, you are overthinking it. That's really the bottom line. Stay authentic, stay conversational, don't try to be perfect, laugh at yourself, um, and uh, it will be a great experience. Um, so I recommend Facebook Live um, if you can, if, if that's an option for you. We did a, um, to help people stay on track, we did some live. And what we did to help them was we had a big poster we had behind the camera so that the person talking on the camera kind of had their three talking points on a big poster mm -hmm. board just so they could kind of stay on track and mm -hmm. keep it short and sweet. And it was really mm -hmm. helpful. Just use a big black marker and write down the keywords, and that will keep, you know, keep the conversation short and sweet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great idea. Um, yeah. So you did a webinar earlier um, a week or two ago that you shared some other ideas that we won't get into all of them now because you can refer people to that. Why don't you go through what some of the topics were that you covered and then we'll let people know how they can find it. Yeah. So I did a webinar a couple weeks ago, like you mentioned, um, that was fueled from a desire to really help small businesses navigate this time, especially um, you know, businesses that are a brick and mortar start stores that are just dying right now. And, you know, my husband and I are both small business owners who work from home and, and, um, and his has suffered tremendously like that. And I, I, I know what that feels like. And so, um, this, so I, I was moved to do this webinar to arm, small business owners, horse people or otherwise. It's really translatable and applicable to, to every small business on, on a crash course in the nitty gritty details of how to best utilize social media. So we've, you and I have gone over the um, skim the surface here, but if people want to roll up their sleeves and um, get some more information it's simply posted on my personal timeline, not on my business page, on my personal timeline. Um, and we go through um, 
the whole topic of um, social, the social media, uh, the Facebook algorithm, um, and how that is the starting point or ending point for everything. We go through posting strategies, live stream tips, um, advertising, social media advertising tips, and some additional marketing tips that can really play off your social media efforts. So um, they are, anyone is welcome to go sit down and, and um, take a notepad and, and glean as much off of that as you can. Well, I, I'm a business owner. I own several marketing companies, and social media is not the thing that most of my marketing companies do. And I attended your webinar, and even as a business owner, aside from the Arabian horse world or anything in the horse world, um, for my own marketing companies, I found your tips very helpful, very useful, and, and, and educated me on several topics that I just really wasn't that familiar, and it was, it was very, very well done. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks for saying that, and and uh, it was it, that was the goal, so I'm super glad to hear it. hope that it helps you well, through this time a little bit more. We're going to do another series with you on marketing tips for during this time frame, and especially you know, the, the mission of We Love Arabian Horses is to help the Arabian horse world promote our beautiful horses to people beyond ourselves. So the tips that you're sharing today and that we're going to do another one will, will really help us all have better marketing for our horses and to grow our business from the ground up from everything from the social media stuff to hosting little lesson programs and little seminars and little come and greet and meet the, the horse and feed it a carrot um, mm -hmm. into, you know, local horse shows and all kinds of other ideas. So that's the mission of what we are here to do, and yeah. I think you've shared your ideas very successfully today. Um, well, let me just interject and, and give you yeah. a compliment, too, with We Love Arabian Horses. Um, it, it's, a, it's a phenomenal and beautifully simple um, concept that is perfectly understandable to anyone, regardless of, where they're sitting or what their experience is with the breed. And so um, what you're doing is, is wonderful. And I, I applaud you for that. And I know that, um, you know, I applaud you for doing it um, even on a volunteer basis. <laughs> and, and um, that commitment is, is um, we're all going to be better off for it. So. Thank you for well, that. I think it's, you know, the, my bottom line mission is we need to share our horses with more people and, mm -hmm. and bring more people in, and, and that's kind of the, the, the primary goal. So, Evie, if people want to reach out to you personally, I know they can PM you through Facebook, but what is your email address? My email is Evie, E-V-I-E, at Evie, Inc., E-V-I-E-I-N-C, dot net, and that is the name of my marketing agency, Evie, Inc., um, so you can find me on the web or feel free to shoot me an email. If you have any basic social media questions, I'm happy to help guide you through this weird time that we're all living in. Perfect. And it's, again, to repeat it, it's E-V-I-E at E-V-I-E-I-N-C dot N-E-T, net. That's right. Well, thank you for your time. Let me just share with everyone, if you want to reach out to We Love Raving Horses, our email address is hello at WeLoveArabianHorses.com. You're welcome to send us emails as well. And, uh, Evie, really, thank you for this kind of lengthy overview and um, awesome 
a, a good handful of simple marketing options that will help us all to not only grow during this time frame, but be yeah. very well poised for after it's over. Yes, absolutely. Hope everyone stays safe and healthy. And um, as we all get through this time together and can't wait to see everyone again soon. Well, <laughs> well thank you again. All right. Take care, Paul.